Welcome to the 26 West Church Sunday Gathering Podcast. Our prayer is that this teaching helps you experience life in Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. And it's, uh, it's just so good to hear uh, how people are engaging and getting a hug uh, in the front row. If you're here, you didn't see that one. How cute. Um, to hear how people are all walking towards God, but the details of the story are sometimes uh, different. If we haven't met, my name's Jose, and, and we are one week after Easter, so Jesus goes to the cross, which confuses everybody. Jesus rises again, which nobody believes, because when you read the early accounts, and Luke, the writer, gives details as people remember back, they, they, the, the women come, and they don't believe he can't be alive. And the angel's like, he's risen, and Jesus is there, and it takes them a moment. But then they see him, and, and they do believe. And then they go and tell the other disciples who are hiding, because literally, if they kill Jesus, who are they going to get next? Them. And they're slow to believe. And the women say, he's risen. They're like, no, can't happen. And, and then now what? That, that's the real question. Okay. You came to Easter, we remember Jesus' sacrifice and his rising again in life. Now what really? How do we know what to do next? How do we know what God would want from us? How do we know where Jesus is guiding? How do we know we're on track? How do we know if we're off track? Um, if Jesus said, follow me, how do we actually do that in the real world? Um, put more broadly for a moment. How do we hear God? How do we hear him? How do we know that he's really leading and guiding? And what we're going to do, if you're wondering what's the answer to the question, just look on the screen, people. I mean, this is not like, we're not trying to hide it. Uh, we're, we're looking and we're taking a long study. If you're newer to the church, you just came for Easter and you came one week later to check it out. We're looking at the person of the Holy Spirit because somehow in Jesus rising again, he wants to really lead, guide, direct, empower, use, cause joy. And at the end of the life that we have with him, take us to be with himself forever. If, if eternal life is knowing Jesus now and walking with Jesus tomorrow and then experiencing the fullness of life when this life is over or when Jesus returns and the world is made new and we have this ongoing, never-ending life with God... How do, we, how do we know in the in-between that we're really walking with him? So we're looking at the life of the Holy Spirit, and we're doing it on purpose in three movements because, like anything, we want to build a foundation that we could begin to see clearly from. And so what I want to do this morning, and then I'm inviting you again tonight, the timing of this morning's message and tonight's seek night is not accidental. We're going to talk about it this morning, which is good, and then we want to step into it Tonight, So you're going to hear a little bit about what God wants to do, but tonight we want to actually take steps of faith and to interact with God, if I could put it that boldly. We want to really spend time hearing from God, which for some I, I get, I totally get, like, wait a minute, preachers hear from God, theologians hear from God, I don't hear from God. Well, maybe your understanding of what hearing is is a little incomplete. I'm going to suggest to you, 
if you are a follower of Jesus, God is more real to you than you think. And he could be communicating with you right now in ways you simply cannot perceive. It's not that he's not speaking. It's not that he's not acting. It's not that he's not guiding. It's not that he's not leading. It's that it could be like in any relationship, we're trying to understand the language of how he communicates. And so three movements. Part of this is review because we've had 20 messages on the Holy Spirit. And I can't remember any of them. <laughs> and I wrote them. Okay. So, so I'm going to recap the first 19 so that we are ready to move forward on this third movement. Okay, three movements. One is the Holy Spirit who is above. Who is the Holy Spirit? We, what is he like? We learn that the Holy Spirit is a person and not a force. The Holy Spirit is God. So when we say, how do we hear God? Um, it is equally okay to say, how do we listen to the Holy Spirit? Because they are one. He's not a force that's impersonal or a power or a source. We're talking about God. And the Holy Spirit, we remember, is central uh, to Jesus' birth. Jesus was born because of the empowering of the Holy Spirit and the conceiving of Mary in the womb. And, and just like Jesus came to this earth by the Holy Spirit, so we are reborn. This is a work that is miraculous. When anyone says, yes, I want to follow Jesus Christ, something happens that is just beyond us. That person who was apart from God is made alive. Born anew. This is, this is what the Holy Spirit is doing. So what happened to Jesus is now happening to us. And the Holy Spirit empowered Jesus to fulfill his life and mission. This is hugely important. Jesus is listening to the Holy Spirit who is guiding the Son of God to do the works of the Father. It's what you see in the Bible. And so it's one thing to say, well, I'll never do like what Jesus did because he's like Jesus. Well, wait. No, we've got to remember it is Jesus filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit that's enabled to please the Father. And you and I can please the Father as we follow Jesus empowered by the same spirit. And so what Jesus did, he wants to do through us. So that was the first kind of big picture view, the Holy Spirit who is above. But then we spent a lot of time looking at the Holy Spirit who is within. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is with you and will be in you. So how is the Holy Spirit at work in our lives? Well, the Holy Spirit enables us to experience God's life and God's love. The way we know the living God is, is through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you will, and then he uses a farming analogy or an agricultural analogy, you will bear fruit in being connected with God through faith in Jesus Christ. We are not children of God. He is the Father. We are sons and daughters and guess what? Out of my life comes fruitfulness. How, how does that happen? It is the Holy Spirit who produces God's life in me. I can't even come and say that Jesus is Lord apart from the enabling of the Holy Spirit. I, I can't say, Jesus, rescue me if it's not the Holy Spirit leading me and guiding me. I don't even understand how sinful sin is and how far I am from God. It is the Holy Spirit 
who leads us and guides us into truth, who makes us aware of our brokenness, and who lovingly draws us to the life of God. And then we spent eight weeks looking at the nine fruit of the Spirit, one fruit in many parts, love and joy and peace and forbearance and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. These are not, this is not a list of nine new things you need to do to please God, to make God applaud at your life, because now you're finally living love, love, loving and joyful and peaceful. And now, hey, you measured up. Now you made it. No. God is love. And now by the Holy Spirit, I know his love in my life. And now I am enabled to love in a God-like way. It's about him producing his life and transformation in me. So the Holy Spirit enables us to actually become more like Jesus. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you. And then he used to fishermen, fishers of people. I will, I will make your life matter because my life is now going to be infused into your life, and your life is actually going to be different altogether. This, friends, this isn't stuff we do. This is what the Holy Spirit is doing in us. Is this not good news? This is good news that God is producing in us Jesus-likeness. Now, let's be clear, sometimes we work with him, sometimes we work against him. Sometimes we make it easy for God. Sometimes we put on our boxing gloves and say, no, I will not look like, I am not going to look like Jesus. Uh, to our own detriment. To our own emptiness when we do that. But God is still more loving and more caring and more patient than we will ever be. And so he's still producing this in us. Okay, now, that's all, like, review. What we now want to move into is, like, what I call the more fun part of it all, although anytime you talk about God, that's got to be enjoyable, except when you talk about wrath. That's another story for another day. But when we think about God and we think about the Holy Spirit in particular, what we want to do is now think about how the Holy Spirit wants to work through us. So he's above, for sure, and he is God. And he's working within God transforming you and I. Yes, that's good. But what Jesus said to his disciples is that it's better that I go away. It's actually better for you that I return to the Father because I will send. The Spirit will be sent from the Father to you who will live in you and will be with you. And then Jesus says, greater things are you us, we, greater things are going to happen because he has gone to the Father. Because when we collectively are united with the Holy Spirit, there are some going to be things that happen in the world through us that are even greater than when Jesus was walking the planet. And there's no one greater than Jesus. But Jesus said, he won God in man, God united Jesus is fully God, fully man. He's on the earth and he's doing what only God can do. Yet now his sons and daughters are going to live all over the planet. And there are going to be billions of them. And think about now what God can do through billions of his children. Think of how he could change the nature of the world that we live in through his family. And so over the next few months, what we're going to do is now apply 
Hearing about God, a theology and understanding of, of God is great, but now we're going to step into the practical side of what does this mean for us? So this morning, we're going to hear about it. Tonight, we want to step into it, and then over the next few weeks, it's going to unfold in more practical and practical ways of what it means to say that you and I have the Holy Spirit. At least that is the plan. Looks good on paper. We'll see how it works out. All right. It all looks good on paper. All right, Luke 20, 24. If you have your Bible, go to Luke 24. We just want to read it this morning, and I'm only going to give some kind of like high-level thoughts about it. We'll press into it more tonight. We'll press into it more um, uh, this next Sunday. But we get an example of what happens moments after Jesus rises again from the grave. So this is, this is Easter morning, and, and Jesus has made himself clear to these ladies at the tomb. And now uh, in Luke 24, we'll start in verse 13. Now the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. So it's like the resurrection. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. And, and Jesus asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened here in these days? Um, what things, he asked. Well, about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. And the chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who is going to redeem Israel. And what's more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went uh, to the tomb this morning, but didn't find the body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said that Jesus was alive. And then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it was just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. And Jesus said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? This next verse. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was, was going to go further. But they argued with him strongly, stay with us. For even, uh, for it's nearly eve, evening and the day is almost over. But he went in, so he went in to stay with them. And he was at the table with them. He took bread and gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight, which we read and we just kind of keep reading and we're not baffled for some reason. <laughs> so Jesus is gone. Then they asked each other, 
Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And they got up and they returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven, that's the, the apostles, and those who were with them assembled together and saying, it's true, the Lord has risen and he has appeared to Simon. And then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Okay, what we get here is an encounter, but I want us to think about how we hear God. What you get is an example early on, on the resurrection life of Jesus, and you're going to see over the next 40 days, if you read for, for 40 days, Jesus is appearing again and again and again. He appears to the women at the tomb. At first, they don't recognize him, and then it becomes clear. He, he speaks to the two along the road. There are other occasions. The, the, the disciples are out fishing, and Jesus is on the shore, and he's talking. Have you, have you caught anything? Guys, have you got any fish? No, we don't have any. And, and, and then they realize who is there. Jesus seems to be coming and going. Uh, he appears to them one time. They're in the room, scared to death, door locked, barricaded, security out. They get their ring on the door looking for a video of anyone who walks to because they, they know that they, they kill Jesus, they're going to kill us too because when you want to take down a power, you take down all of the leaders. Not just the king, but all under him. And so they're scared for their life. And Jesus walks through the wall. Hi, guys. Jesus is amazing. But yet, you see a common theme in this resurrected Jesus. They don't often see him at first. They don't see him clearly. It's not always obvious. Um, so I just want to suggest, when we think about how we hear God, now I want to be clear, what we're getting is like a, a small period of history, because at the end of this, we keep reading in Luke, and, and Jesus, after these days, he's going to asc he ascends into heaven physically, the resurrected Jesus that you could touch that eats fish and bread and speaks and walks through walls. Um, this resurrected life, Jesus, rises, ascends, and he's not to be seen. And yet, very clearly after this, these same followers are praying, and the Holy Spirit comes, and they are somehow being directed by God and doing exactly what Jesus said. Now, at this point, after he ascends, they do not see him. But this Jesus, who raised people to life, now they're the disciples, and those who are dead are raised to life. This Jesus, who loved people and was with anyone, anywhere who was open, they are now with the broken, sharing good news. Uh, Jesus is telling people the way to the Father, and now these Jesus people are sharing the way to the Father. Uh, Jesus is inviting people to follow him, and now these same men and women, young and old, those who have been with him a long time, those who have been with him for days, are now doing the same things. This movement of God that was initiated and culminated in the death and resurrection of Jesus that now gives life to everyone, it's moving forward, and you read the book of Acts, which we will all these weeks, and Fast-paced, what was slowly happening in Jesus over three years is now rapid-fire multiplying 
so that within their lifetime, like within the lifetime of these early followers, within the next 30 years, it seems like the whole world's been turned upside down. What happens slowly is now like a gush of living water that's changing people everywhere. But I want us to think about how this starts. How do we hear God? The, the two are confused at first. And I love what it says in verse 16. They were kept from recognizing him. So this is not a setup for failure, people. I am not suggesting to you say, well, Jose, I've been following Jesus for 10 years, 15 years. Maybe like Dave's story, like I was born and raised. Well, no one was born in the church or raised in the church. He actually had a place to live, right? But we know what that means by that. It's like from your early years, you were, you were given Jesus information. You say, Jose, like, I, don't, I don't know what he's saying. I don't know what he's doing. This is not a guilt trip. This is not a setup for failure. This is, hopefully for you, an awakening to the way God wants to move you forward. It's okay to say, you know what? Before this time, it was a little dim to me. It was very unclear. But it would be really cool if over these next few weeks, months, and years of your life, you realize this is what God had wanted for you all along. And he just wants you to grow in understanding who he is and what he's doing. Now, for many of you, you're like, you know what? There are times when I've been really alert to Jesus. Well, maybe this is a time of reawakening where what was once clear that's gotten a little dull is clear again. And for some of you, I just pray it's like a rapid fire where you have been used by Jesus and the Holy Spirit has been working in your life, but you see a multiplication over anything you'd seen before. But let's be real. Life can be confusing at times. And that's where all this begins. And so as we step into the section about thinking of the Holy Spirit working through us, it's okay to be like, I don't get it all. Life is challenging sometimes. You may hear things about the Holy Spirit in relationship to how he wants to live in you that's going to challenge you. It's going to like, ooh, I wasn't taught that, or I didn't know that, or how come nobody told me this before? And that's okay. And, and life is complicated at times, right? At times it's not simple. And we wonder, God, what happened? Um, so let's just think this morning about the obvious. Where do we find Jesus after the resurrection? Well, if we read this with open eyes and stated the obvious, Jesus is right there. And they don't know it. And this is like actually really good news to anyone who wants to follow Jesus. There will be times where you don't see Jesus there will be times where you don't perceive his presence. There will be times where you're walking along with your people, all confused. And what you're going to realize is like Jesus is right there. He's in the middle of it. He's aware. And, and here's the great thing about Jesus. What he is doing is he's subtly drawing out in them, bringing them to a spot where they'll see him more clearly. Okay, um, I just, just this morning, want to start with the basics of what it means to think about the Holy Spirit working through us. What we want to do over this week and the next couple of weeks is talk about the larger picture of how we hear God. If the Holy Spirit wants to work through us and the Holy Spirit is God, well, how do I, how do I hear him? How do I know? How do I confirm? How do I walk with any confidence? 
Well, a couple of things we see about Jesus that are going to be encouraging. And again, tonight, just come. Uh, we say, well, what are you going to do tonight? Well, come. <laughs> and you'll, you'll know. And uh, what it could be possible for you is that you can grow in day by day putting yourself in a position to be a good listener. <laughs> That's what we need. If we want to hear from God, if we actually want to walk out the things that the Holy Spirit wants to do through us, before we do the things he's calling us to do, we actually have to perceive what they are. And if we're going to perceive what they are, then we're going to have to put ourselves in a position. They're walking along the road confused about the scenario and unclear about their future, but Jesus puts them in a position through conversation to hear his voice and to perceive who he is. So a few things that are just super obvious. Jesus is walking with them. That's what we need to remember. And so when I'm thinking, if I'm a Jesus person, if I'm a Jesus follower, which many of you are, um, I, I need to remember he's walking with me. He, he understands where I'm at, and he actually wants to move me forward, which is why we, we see Jesus is teaching about the Holy Spirit, John 14, just to recap. We, we said this before. All this I've spoken while I'm still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have said to you. And so, so yes, Jesus did ascend. But be, because he said he'd send, send his Holy Spirit, we could say equally, the Holy Spirit is walking among us right now. Knowable, personable, relatable, connectable, which probably isn't a word. Look it up. He is here. And, and this is going to be huge when we think about what it means when the Bible says for us to walk in the Holy Spirit. What, what does that mean? It means that we're growing in awareness. Growing is the key word. Growing in awareness of who God is, what God is like, and what God is inviting me into. Just like he was inviting these two into something. And, and if you just read the rest of the chapter, which we won't this morning, read all of 24... Very quickly, when they perceive who Jesus is, they go and tell the 11, and this good news that Jesus is alive, them being obedient to simply pass on what Jesus had communicated to them encourages the many, and that grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. And so these two just do their little part, which is to tell a couple of people the things that they've received from God, and them just being faithful to communicate with the people that they knew. They knew where they were, they knew how to find them, and they knew what to say. And, and oh, by the way, they weren't the only people who had been connecting with Jesus because the ladies had already encountered Jesus, and, they, and, and, and there's encouragement. And that group grows to about 120, and before you know it, the Holy Spirit comes, and God's movement explodes across the planet. And so it, it's not about massive steps. It's about being aware that Jesus is walking. The Spirit is walking with us. The second thing is Jesus is explaining the scriptures to them. You read verse 25 again. He said to them, how foolish you are and slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Didn't the Messiah have to suffer? Verse 27, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained this to them and, and, and said in all the scriptures concerning himself. I mean, unfortunately, Luke doesn't say what he said, which is so disappointing. 
<laughs> what did Jesus, how did Jesus connect the dots? Luke doesn't tell us the details, but, but the details are there. And so, okay, all right, we're learning that the Holy Spirit is walking with us through our confusion, through our disappointments, through our unknowns, and is trying to bring us to a place of awareness. And then what we need to remember is Jesus, in order to clarify to them what God has done, is doing, will do, takes them where? Takes them to God's words. So, so we can know what God has been saying. We can know what God has been doing. We can know what God wants to do in part. We don't get the whole thing. And we can grow in being aware of what God might want to do in the people around us because Jesus connects the dots in what God had been saying since the beginning of time. And so what would it look like for us to grow in an awareness that the Holy Spirit is enabling me, enabling you, enabling us to understand God's mind and heart and thoughts and will and desires in real time. And some of you are more feelings-oriented. Some of you are more analytical. Just the nature of our building and where it sits in Intelville. Um, probably, I think we lean as a church in a lot of people with analytical ability. We have a plenty of PhDs in this room. Um, and those with very, very, very broad thinking patterns, whether it's in business or engineering, because God has gifted you and given you the ability to see things and see patterns and connect dots and make electricity run through circuits that I don't even, I don't understand what you do. I don't understand. <laughs> Yet, what the Holy Spirit can do is more powerful than that. It's more powerful than logic. More powerful than your human ability. As the Holy Spirit awakens our eyes to the Holy Scriptures, you can be a part of what God's doing in people's lives right now, which is radical and exciting and frightening at the same time. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is walking with them because Jesus is walking with them, and Jesus is explaining the Scriptures to them, and the Holy Spirit is continuing the work of Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is going to grow us in how to hear God. And this happens when we interact with the Bible. All right, the third thing that's, that's quite obvious, and then I want to just pull it together and prepare us for tonight and next week, um, is Jesus is connecting with them in tangible ways. I, I love this. Um, because it's one thing to say, well, okay, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, we just need to go through the alphabet of all the things. How do they get awakened in their mind as to who Jesus really is. You know what happens? When he breaks the bread. <laughs> like, it was real. It was tangible. Jesus was explaining the scriptures to them, and they still didn't know who he was. It wasn't until he broke the bread. And is it because the, he, like, he had communion for them? I don't think so. <laughs> like, I think they were having dinner. And then he passes bread. And somehow, in the moment, something very tangible gave them an awareness that God was with them. And this is so encouraging because what you're going to find is life in the Holy Spirit isn't just ethereal. God connects with us in ways we understand. God gives us thoughts we can, like, think about and talk about. God meets us in real places. So, some of us, that's even beyond our scope of understanding of what this is. God wants to 
meet with us in ways that we see and hear and know. I love what they said afterwards when Jesus disappears, which is quite fascinating. Were not our hearts what? Burning. Okay. They both had something going on inside of them that they weren't even aware of that the other one was experiencing. Did you catch that? They finally fess up. Man, when he was reading Isaiah, I wanted to explode. I wanted to explode, but I didn't know who this guy was. And, and now that Jesus is gone, we can now verify that we had a knowing in our knower. We knew. But now we can explain to each other what is unexplainable fully. God was with us. And so this is the beauty of life in the Holy Spirit is, is it's, it is logical and it is rational and, and the Bible does make sense in God's plan of salvation. You can explain it with real words. And yet there is a beyond because God actually meets us where we're at. And he does things that just burn and resonate within. And then we have glimpses of his presence even here for them it's the bread that triggers their ability to perceive that jesus is with them and so this is maybe simple for you it may be mind-blowing for you this may be frustrating for you they even talking about like well, god wants to meet with us i'm like hey jose can you just tell me straight up are we getting weird <laughs> well if by that you mean You've committed your life to a Jesus you cannot see with your eyes right now. Yeah. And you put your trust in one that you haven't shaken his hand yet. Then I would say, yeah. We, are, we want to grow in interacting with God who is above. But yet is also at work within. And now, and the reason we're, I'm going slow on the hearing God and we want to take time is because as we grow in the awareness of God's presence and beginning to discern one with another, I love the fact that it didn't happen to one guy, it happened to two of them. They were together. They could talk about it. It happened to the two ladies that are at the tomb. And then Jesus goes, and there's like a bunch of them having dinner, afraid that they're going to die, and Jesus meets with them. And there's a bunch of the guys on the boat who are fishing. He has this interaction with the group that they could talk about and they could pass on because Jesus did it to all of them together. And so um, what am I saying? I'm saying that Jesus really wants to guide us. He really wants to guide us. And he has been guiding us even if we haven't perceived it. So don't get discouraged. It's like, well, man, is this for a few people? No. This is the normal Jesus life. It's the, this is the norm. This is not like 5% of you going to get this and the other 95% are going to hope and be disappointed. No, this is the normal Jesus life. What we want to grow in, because Jesus is leading and the Spirit is guiding and he is working, what we want to grow in is being perceptive to what he's doing, an awareness of what he's doing, and in practical partnership with what he's doing and not just being the clueless ones. Because it's kind of cool to say, like, wow, God did that. I don't even know how he did it. I wasn't even aware that he was doing it. What's better is when we say, like, wow, Lord, 
I have seen your hand all throughout. And thank you for including me. That's very kind of you that you would even include me. What would it look like? And I'm, I'm, t I'm talking about in normal stuff. All right, I, I want to, before we transition to sing and worship and respond, our prayer team will be here. If, you're, if you have any need for any reason, this is one of those Emmaus Road moments. You say, why do we, why do we invite uh, ourselves to pray one for another? Because Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be there. This isn't like just mechanics. The reason we invite one another to respond in prayer, if you need prayer for anything, small, large, medium, I don't care. We, we do this because pray one for another that you may be made whole. This isn't like, this isn't just a waste of time. God meets us when we respond, and when we're aware to it, it's even better. But I want to share a story about uh, the importance of growing and listening and responding to God. Um, so I'm a junior in college, right? I, got a, I have the fullest head of Afro hair that you could ever imagine. I got photos I could show you. I won't this morning. You laugh too hard. But I'm a junior in college, and it's getting close to the end of the um, fall term. It's like early December. Finals are about to happen. It's right before finals week. And I went to a Christian college, and at the bottom of our dorm, there was a little chapel, really small. And it was just a quiet space that you could use to pray. And um, because our floor was so noisy, I would, I would make it my habit just to go down to the chapel. Um, I don't want to sing, because I'm going to get married, uh, going to the chapel of love. How did I end in my head? Uh, I don't even like that song, but it did. Um, I digress. So I go to the little chapel, and now you can't get it out of your head. I go to the chapel, and so it's just my normal rhythm of I want time. Now, my, at this point, I already know and sense that God had called me to share and teach the Bible. I'm at this college to learn the Bible so that I can share the good news with people. I'm already aware of that. And my classes are all Bible classes, theology classes. But this is just time with God. This isn't like a class. I just want to slow down and be with God. So I did this daily. Go down to the chapel. All right, so it's right before finals week. I'm sure I was crying out for mercy because I hadn't studied hard. And, and then I'm just sitting there reading my Bible, and I have this impression in my mind that will not go away. And here's what it is. Go home. De-enroll from school. Get married one year earlier. Okay, like, that's weird. So I just do my thing, and it just, no voice, no aha, no flashing light, just a bit of a whisper that I'm supposed to do something. Okay, context. Carmen and I had already met in high school. We were already dating. We'd already fallen in love. We'd already planned to get married. I'm in the fall of my junior year. We're going to get married after my senior year, when I'm done with school, and, and then... We're going to start our life serving Jesus together as a married couple. So I'm, I'm like a week away from going home after finals, after being, this is pre-FaceTime, pre-email. Like we wrote letters to each other. I had to go to my mailbox to get a letter, okay? Um, and so I'm like, okay, this is hormones. 
because we'd already planned on getting married after my senior year. So I got a year and a half, and so I feel impressed to go home and get married this summer. Okay, I see where this is going, devil. And, um, and so, I, so I just leave, and I, cannot, I can't shake it. Um, this thought, I'm, I'm trying to expel this thought from my brain, and over the next few days, I cannot shake it. I'm getting close to the finals, and I, I'm living in Oklahoma going to school. I live in New York. So if I were to de-enroll, I have to get rid of everything in like five days. Sell, give away, leave class. This is crazy, and i got to take my finals. I'll, I'll fast forward the process, but I want to see what happens. So I, I talked to Carmen about it. Okay, silence, because this is like, this is a, what do you do when your boyfriend says, well, go home, de-enroll, and get married? Uh, okay, so I, I talk to my parents about it. My dad's a pastor at this point, and I, I talk to him about it, and I talk to the campus pastor. I talk to spiritual life dorm director. I talk to some trusted people, very solid and mature, and I'm like, what do I do with this? Because at this point, I cannot shake it. I'm trying to think about my classes, and I can't shake it. And so um, I talk to 15, 20 people that I know, love, and trust, and I'm praying, and I'm saying, God, I don't want to ignore. If you're leading and guiding, I don't want to ignore you. You seem to tell people all throughout the Bible to do things and go places that they don't even know why. You tell Philip, go to the road, to the desert road, and you're going to find somebody, and there's a guy on a chariot reading Isaiah, and he leads him to Jesus. So you do stuff, but this doesn't seem like that. It seems kind of selfish and confusing, and my poor parents, Lord, help them. All right, so, so by the time finals are done, I have enough in conversation with people I know, love, and trust that, okay, you should take a step of obedience, just a step. Um, maybe this isn't being interpreted right, but maybe taking one step will lead to another step where God will guide you. And so, um, so I took the step and de-enrolled from all of my spring classes, got rid of everything, and went home. And, and this was with my parents, godly, my future uh, father and mother-in-law knowing, godly, thinking about it. But at this point, we didn't set a date. It was like, I'm just going to take a step because if God is leading, he has to continue to make sense of what makes no sense to me. So fast forward, now, now I'm out of school. I, I'm like, well, I, should, I need to make money because I have, at this point, like less than no money. I'm broke, broke. And so like, Lord, will you help? And I, I, I walk in to apply to this job, and they're like, oh, yeah, and then you go to start. And so I, I go to start, and they put me in the wrong department. They're like, oh, yeah, you just work with that crew over there. I'm like, oh, okay. And the first thing the guy says is like, how many hours do you want to work? I'm like, 50, 60, I just need money. He's like, yeah, work as much as you want. Because this group had been given this unlimited budget to finish this project. I'm like, so I could work 50, 60, whatever, and get overtime? I'm like, oh, yeah, I just need to get this thing done, man. So I'm like, okay, Lord, that seems interesting that I come out of nowhere and get put in the wrong department. And given the ability, okay, I took three days, and elders of our church that we were part of were aware of it, 
to fast and pray and be with God. It was me and a Bible and a journal and just looping Christian worship music to discern, like, Lord, should I take the next step and actually get married earlier? Or are you just trying to see if I'll obey you? You know, are you just wanting to see if I'll take a step of faith? I don't know what you're doing. By day three, I realized three days of fasting is bad because I am hangry. But something happened in my soul that I cannot explain. That I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew, even though I don't understand all the details, this is what I should do. And, and God is actually guiding and leading, and this would actually please him. And share it with my parents, share it with everyone. Too complex to say, but, but there is an agreement with people that I know and love and trust. That, you know what? This would be good. All right, so we do get married. We're like, we'll get married with, like, I'll get a suit. And, and, like, get a nice dress because we're broke, broke. And then people start coming out of the woodwork. And her aunt says, well, you're like a daughter to me. I want to buy you a wedding dress that's beautiful. And, and, and I'll pay for that, and I'll pay for that. And then my mother, almost to be mother-in-law, the accounting department payroll says, we've been withholding too much money for years and, and, and writes a monster check to make up for it. And she's like, wow, Lord, you just provided all the money that we did not have for a reception. And one after the other, after the other, there are these little steps that make no sense, but we get married. Okay, so you're like, well, I know you're married. You've been here for a long time, Jose. Thank you very much. <laughs> but I want you to see the story because the story is sometimes helpful. So we do get married, and I'm glad for that. This is great. We move Back to Oklahoma, I'm going to finish my studies. And I was like, Lord, thank you. That was very kind of you to make this known to me so that I can love and follow you. Wonderful, wonderful. So we're in church now together as a couple, which that had never happened before because she's in New York. I'm in Oklahoma. And then on Sunday, our church hands out these little inserts. They had bulletins like with paper where you opened it up and you threw things in. And so Google it. And, and so they had a bulletin insert for an upcoming outreach event with a man named Luis Palau. And I still have it. My weekly cry moment. So I get this, and I read on the back. It was purple and gray, and I, I could visualize it. Volunteers needed. And I read it, and I said, that's me. So I called their local office, talked to a guy named Denny Brubaker, and I start volunteering as a student, a married student, with two jobs to try to make things work, and full-time, and I somehow start volunteering 5, 10, 15, 20 hours a week, and end up doing that uh, summer an internship with their ministry, and then the event happens that fall, and somebody said, I'm lost on the timing. Let me just uh, make it clear. If I had not left early, if I had not gotten married uh, that summer earlier, I would not have been in Oklahoma the summer where I did this internship and got to meet this whole ministry team. Some of you are not aware, Luis Palau is now with Jesus. His ministry is based out of here. They were doing an outreach in our city. I would not have experienced all those things because I would have graduated. I would have been going home and getting married. But instead, 
I was in the right city with this ministry team. By the time the outreach happens, they're like, we want to hire you once you're done. And so I already left school with a ministry path, and here I am all these decades later. So I'm here to tell you that rarely happens. I wanted to share with you a story that's seemingly bizarre, but when you look back at it, like that, does, does God speak? Yes, he does. How does he communicate with his people? In a variety of ways. And so what I want us to do over the next few weeks is to realize that he does not always share what he wants to do in that kind of detail. And most of the things that he wants to do in our life are, are not that large and monumental and like altering of your future and, and frankly, God could have done it another way. He didn't have to do it that way. If he wanted me to serve with Luis Plow, he's the king of the universe. He could have done it anyway. But w- what it helped me to see at an early age, in my early 20s, was this, this walking with Jesus, this Holy Spirit working through our lives is about understanding how good he is, understanding what he wants to do in part, because I didn't understand any of it, and now, looking back, I realize small steps of wise obedience, checking every step of the way, having plenty of guidance and love and care around me, having time with God, having the word of God, worshiping God, all of these factors was helping me to be in a spot to simply take the next step of what Jesus wanted me to do in my life. Now that I look back, That one little door happened to be a massive open door that led to all sorts of things that I would have never even dreamed of, nor would I have been ready to handle. All I needed to know was Jose, leave school, and Dan roll. And trust me. And can I suggest to you, when it comes to hearing the voice of God, we need solid relationships with Jesus' people. We need to be connected to a community. It's why we do this in community. It's why we're talking about this in our community group session. Because when we think about what it means to hear God, we can so quickly get off base and flat out weird. Yet, I have to confess that when God is speaking, it's not always as obvious as you think. And sometimes it requires small steps or large steps of faith to trust him. It's not all clean and tidy. He tells us the next step that we should take. And I'm grateful that we can learn and grow from one another. All right. That story went way longer than I wanted, but I hope it just draws out the multifaceted dimension of what it means for us to grow in in hearing and enjoying and knowing God. Four books. I want to recommend to you, you do not have to get all four of them. You don't have to get any of them. But I want to throw them up there for you because we're going to talk about this on Sundays. But some of you are ready to go deeper and really think and read. Or you can get them on Audible. I think they're all on Audible as well. How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People. Yes, you're normal. Um, By Pete Gregg. A companion book to that, How to Hear God. A Simple Guide for Normal People. Both of those books, I've read them, and I found them to be very helpful. Do I agree with 100% of all of it? No. (laughs) 
And that's okay. You can recommend books you don't agree with 100% of everything someone says, but I think they're helpful. A Praying Life by Paul Miller, super helpful. Uh, and if you're willing to, to think a little more deeply, because Dallas Willard's a great author, but he's also a little more complex in how he writes, to be honest. Hearing God, developing a conversational relationship with God, but I didn't put those in the order that you should get them, but I'm just saying that I would encourage you to think about resourcing yourself with some helpful material as we walk, walk along this journey. Um, it's why we're going to, over the next few weeks, have practical things that you and your community group can talk about. And, and let's be clear, this is not a goal to debate and argue and bicker and, and break up your group. No, it's to grow and humbly saying, Lord, we want to know who you are and we want to hear from you. And Lord, show us together. And it's why uh, tonight I want to invite you, if you say like, man, does God really speak? I'm, I'm just going to boldly say, come tonight. <laughs> and I have no idea what he has for you. But I, I know that Jesus is real. Okay, um, what do we do now? We stand, because you've been seated too long, and these chairs are plastic. Uh, stand on your feet, and I'm going to invite the band to come back, and we're going to worship as our response. And I hope that this got your brain thinking a little bit. Hopefully that just moved you in a bit of a direction to say, okay, the Holy Spirit wants to work through my life, and in order to do that, he wants to grow my capacity to understand what he's saying and partner and walk with him in obedience and lovingly enjoy what God wants to do in and through me, which is going to mostly show up, if I could just give you a little hint, it's mostly going to show up where you live and what happens in your home life. It's mostly going to show up in where you work or in your neighborhood. It's mostly going to show up in the settings you're already in, we're going to grow and be more aware of God and maybe find his guidance more practical and helpful right where we are. For some of you, it may be radical steps, but for most of us, right where you are. Lord, we want to be faithful to hear your voice, know your ways, and follow your direction, whatever that looks like. And, and so God... Um, as we now respond with words from our lips, as we sing these words to you, we know it's not just songs. Lord, we know it's not just words. Somehow, we are speaking to you, and you know it. We're honoring you, Jesus, and you're pleased by it. You're meeting with us, Lord. This is a mystery, and it's so beautiful, and we take it for granted. God, as we pray for one another, as we bring these things, these concerns to you, you're, you're here. Holy Spirit, you're in us, working for the good of one another, so we offer prayers to you, and you, you move. You, you answer. This is profound and beautiful and normal. This is who you are. So, Lord, we offer up these moments, these final moments of our gathering together to you. Be pleased in the way that we respond, God. Be pleased with the words that come out of our lips. Be pleased with the steps that we take to receive 
prayer. Be pleased as we eat the bread and drink the cup. And, and like the two on the road, we remember you. We see you for who you are. We love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for inviting us to this kind of life. In your name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of our Sunday Gathering Podcast. To learn more about 26 West Church, please visit our website at 26westchurch.org.